I'm Laura Allen, and this is Hello Thoughts. Are you ever like, I'm going to make this day my bitch. And then the day turns around, grab you at the hair where it hurts. Correction, you are my bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I know you have. We all have days like that, right? Even after after a couple days of rough patches, you're like, okay, you know what? Tomorrow, it's going to turn around. I'm going to, and you wake up, you feel fresh. You're like, I got this, you know? Looking at the bright side, staying on top, staying ahead of it all. And then the day happens and you're like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. Why you got to do that to me? I thought I had you. Sure enough, the day is in control. You know, and it's not always like, it's not always the biggest things. Sure, everyone has those days where it's like, oh my God, how many bombs are coming? But sometimes it's just like stupid shit. Like you just can't get in order. Like, like something's just off. You know, every time you turn around, you're stubbing your toe, you forget something, you uh, just something is always happening on those days. And it just, it just, it just fuels the, the, the irritation. Yeah, that, that I feel like is happening to many of us during quarantine some of us more than others, but certainly I have been in the house, you know, we are quarantining. I don't really talk about it because this is my time to kind of just release a little, a little joy, you know, like let's forget about the quarantine, pretend like it's not happening, but we all know it's happening. And this Allen household certainly knows it's happening uh, amongst many, 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 many people. Um, But yes, we have been taking the quarantines very, very seriously. So, you know, I've been a little cooped up. uh, Everyone has here. And those days wait for you. They're like, no, 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 no. You thought you thought you were in control. You thought you were gonna make me your bitch. Ha ha ha! No, no, you are my bitch, lady. So yeah, but in the end, you you have to, you just you turn the frown upside down. You get over it. You know, I like to acknowledge now in those moments in my life when I'm, they're just like days that are pestering you, you know, mocking you. I just like to eventually at some point in the day, you have to laugh at it, right? You find the humor and then you just laugh, move, move ahead, move on from, from the, that moment. And and maybe, maybe then you made, made the day your bitch by laughing. Someone who takes her days and goes full speed ahead is the guest I had on tonight. She's a friend of mine, super talented woman. 
Um, Melissa Hood, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. We had a little little trouble with connection, um, but I think many of us are dealing with that via Zoom at this point. So, um, but we, we we got through it. I enjoyed her very, very, very much, and um, I know you will too. So impressed by her and, and all she accomplishes. Um, and, you know, when I think about her, I think about like, wow, you know, here she is. She's a mom. She's a teacher. She has so much on her plate to juggle. And then she has this gift of art. So, so amazing at art and she's making it, you know, her part-time, who knows, one day full-time career um, selling art. And she is doing beautifully out there, you know, pushing herself um, to stay on top of social media and and all that. And it's so much. It's There's so much on her plate and she juggles it beautifully. And we see people that are doing those things and you're like, wow, that person, you know, they got their shit together and look at them. They're, they're doing so well. I think there's something to be said about that because, you know, even the people that are doing so well sorting it all out, it's still, you know, they're, they deserve credit for that. It's hard to stay ahead. It's hard to keep up with, um, discipline, with drive, with, determination. Those are things that are challenging. And as an artist having a creative mind, I I mean, personally, I'm not speaking for her or other artists, but I feel like sometimes that that's hard. You know, we have interruptions in our heads and um, people in general, but artists sometimes, you know, we fantasize and we have all these emotions and dreams and, um, expectations of our work and and all this stuff and um, pulling it together can be kind of tricky sometimes so I look at her and I appreciate all that drive she has all the determination that she puts forth and uh, the discipline it takes a lot of discipline to accomplish right and to to get things organized to put out and and to to be successful um, it's not always easy. So I, I admire those things about her and, uh, you'll, and her, and her colorful, very visual planner I've never seen, but I, I was imagining while we were talking, I think, you know, I, I might have to, I might have to do that for myself. Keep pushing, get that planner made, be excited she talks about um, having goals and setting themselves more, uh, more realistic. You know, having those realistic goals to achieve instead of saying, oh, here, let me do this for, let's start the new year out and have this goal for the year. Like I'm going to do X, Y, and Z this year. She, she keeps it real. You know, she says, okay. I could do this for two weeks. I'm going to set this date over here. Two weeks from now, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And that's, it is more realistic. And 
I think that that was a good takeaway from me learning from her is that um, don't push yourself too much. Sometimes that's overwhelming. And I mean, for me, I, I could definitely attest to that. You know, you have these ideas, you want to change this, this and this about yourself or do X, Y and Z. And it could be overwhelming if, if those expectations are too high. So anybody can do something for two weeks. From the words of Melissa Hood, thank you for that. So enjoy my beautiful friend. Most definitely check out her artwork. It's so colorful and uplifting and just it's a place you want to imagine being in no matter what it is, landscape next to that adorable animal, horse, whatever it is, it, the imagination is just there and it's so playful and beautiful and creative and colorful. You know, it's, it's something I've never seen until she started putting out her stuff and, and it's just, it's very, very uplifting. Um, and it's cool to see that is a part of her mind and, imagination it, it makes me excited and makes me want to see more color so um enjoy melissa hood guys and uh yeah cheers tonight we have my beautiful friend beautiful inside and out and uh, she's full of color and creativity, and I'm so excited to hear from her. Melissa Hood, thank you for coming on with me. Thank you for having me. This is my first time doing a podcast. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of first-timers, and I, I feel like that's cool because I feel like I'm trying to do almost like, you know, how they tried to do the real world. Yeah, yeah. I wanted it to be real. I want some real folks, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about it. So um, there's so much going on with you right now, and I'm I'm eager to get to that chapter, but we'll start kind of from the beginning a little bit. Cool. So you grew up, I think, in Point Pleasant, but I'll let you tell. Yeah. So I am from like this huge long line of Point Pleasant people. Okay. My dad grew up on the same street that I live on. And okay. his dad grew up here too. Wow. Yeah. So and generations. So that's it. Yep. There's a street down the street. So my maiden name is Johnson and there's a street down the street from where I live that's Johnson Ave. Wow. And I think that's because of my family. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it's because of my family. And that's like two blocks from my house. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Have you, a side note, have you guys done like an ancestry? Um. My grandmother did a while ago on my mom's side, actually. She was really interested in oh. all things. Yeah. So we I'm were in curious, the- <laughs> like how far back it goes, like starting in Point Pleasant, you know? I know. My parents do know all of that. And it's all really interesting because there's a graveyard near here mm-hmm. and the graveyard has Johnson's in it. Like it's just everyone you're related forever. to. <laughs> yeah. <And it's- laughs> And when you see their graves, you're like, oh, these are really old. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And so, then. And you live there currently. 
if we bought my parents' house. Yeah. Like I've gone nowhere. (laughs) It circled all the way around, right back to the roots. Okay. Yeah. So growing up in Point, it was, was a pretty small school, I think. Yeah. Like I think that I probably, I could definitely name at the time, not anymore, but I could name like all the kids in my class. Right. I think I graduated with like just less than 200 kids in a class. Okay. Yeah. So, but when I was younger, it was probably less, but then by the time I graduated, it was probably a little bit more, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think, I don't know how many they graduate now, but yeah, it's small and it's really weird because a lot of people have stayed here. So I still see all these people all the time. Well, I mean, it, it's funny because it's like sometimes we want to get out of our towns, but at the same time, when you see like fellow people that stuck around, it's like there is a reason for that. Yeah, that's it. Like I thought there was no way I was staying in Point Pleasant yeah. and like I traveled all over and, but there was nowhere else that I just like felt like I needed to land. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so I that guess like just, connection and yeah. 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 And there's, there's that love for the town. I mean, like you said, you traveled, you saw, it's not like you didn't see other things. Yeah. And it's so funny because we always talk about moving and think about like where we would go, but we always keep saying to ourselves like, well, I don't know <laughs> that the grass is really greener. Right. Right. Yeah. A part of that is probably like the feeling of like the unknown. There might be something else, you know, better. And you're right. Like the grass isn't always greener. The the bills are still, you know, they still need to be paid. Everything is still somewhat the same. You live by the beach too. I mean, come on. (laughs) Right. That's it. Like I can get to the beach. Like I can run to the beach in less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful thing. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it's just, even in the winter, like this is kind of the best time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get up there and there's like only like the diehard beach people who are like picking up garbage there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There is something nice about this time of year there. We, we've been taking, it kind of stopped in the last, I would say like two weeks, but we're taking the girls there a lot and it's it's nice this time of year for sure yeah yeah I'm kind of I kind of want to go there I've never been to the beach while it snowed no yeah well a lot of the times the snow doesn't really stick on the beach so you think that it's going to be all snowy and then you get to the beach and it's kind of like yeah just like a a (laughs) weird foggy kind of yeah day yeah but it does once in a while yeah. So you grew up then by the beach and, and in a beach town. That had to be fun. Yeah, it was fun, but I also feel like it kind of gives you like a little bit of a complex too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in what like, way? Well, like, like it's not real. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this is when I was younger, it was cool. So I got my first job at a bagel store and I would go work in the morning at the bagel store, ride my bike there. And then I'd be done by like lunchtime. Cause you mm-hmm. start at like five, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> and then ride my bike to the beach and just like kind of hang out with the girls on the beach and watch the boys surf. You know, yeah, yeah. like all we did all summer long. 
And then like, when I think about that, I'm like, well, what does everybody else in like the whole rest of the United States of America do if they don't sit at the beach when they're a kid? Right, right. Yeah. That was just like your afternoon. Yeah, like every day, even in the rain. Yeah. (laughs) That's wild. Um, And now I'm not a beach person at all. Really? No. Like, you know what it is? I, I like to go to the beach to run to play with my dogs, mm-hmm. to play in the sand with my kids, but like I can't sit on the beach. You're not trying to bake in the sun. I can't get tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The tanning has completely died off for me too. Like, first of all, when you have children, that's like an impossible, you're not going to, you can't close your eyes No. at the beach. No. You know, my like kids- those, those children might run free. You cannot, you cannot close your eyes. My kids are so bad at the beach that me and the lifeguard are like, we're friends. (laughs) (laughs) You look at him. My mom's always like, you need to show up at the beach with, um, I need to show up at the beach with like sandwiches for the lifeguards to try to bribe them to keep an eye on my children. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it could be scary at the beach with children. Yeah. And they go two different ways all the time. Yeah. I can only imagine two boys. I mean, Ruby, I've I've kind of been lucky so far. You know, their age difference, it really doesn't. I'm not totally juggling, but by next year, yeah, it'll be crazy mm-hmm. at the beach. And so this summer, like Colton spent a lot of time drowning at the beach. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. Good thing you brought sandwiches for the lifeguard because... <laughs> Because they don't, so Colton is three, Oakley is four, and they don't let you wear like life jackets or swimmies or anything like that at the beach, right? So they walk out and then there's like the shelf and then it just dips down. Yeah. So Colton will walk out and then just dip right off the shelf oh my and I God. look around and I just see him like yeah. under the water. Good Lord. And then they, and then you just like, you run in and you freak out and then you're like, let's get out. No, we don't want to get out. Yeah. But I'm about to actually die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please. It's time to get out boys. And Gary never goes. So like if Gary ever saw what happened, my husband, if he ever saw what happened at the beach, like we, he would, he would lock us in the house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They, they, sometimes they can't handle those things, you know. It, it's it's your kind of everyday experience. You know that these things go on, and 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 you just kind of have to roll with the punches sometimes. But it, it's nerve wracking <laughs> for them for sure. So so yeah. you grew up. You had just one sister, right? I have a my younger sister Rachel. She's two years below me, but I have an older half sister, and she's. Oh. That's 14 right. years older than me. But yeah, I always so she, forget because I never met her. Yeah. She, Maybe at the wedding I did, but right. that was brief. Yeah. Yeah. Since she was so much older, she was sort of like a babysitter. And like from what I remember of her living with us was like her college years mm-hmm. and then her getting married and moving out. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So we were on such a different like level when I was little, but now as adults, like, you know, it's all evened out. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. then your younger sister. So you pretty much went through school un- until college with her then. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And sh- we're thick as thieves. Like yeah. we have been since we were little and we still are. And was I don't there know ever how- that like 
growth spurt that you guys were like at each other? Maybe, maybe a little bit here and there. So in high school, like she is, it's funny because it doesn't seem this way because she was shy, but she was like much more comfortable, like in her own little bubble. Mm -hmm. And I just like really wanted to be cool. So I was always getting myself in trouble trying to like impress the cool kids. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I would have parties at my house and like do things to get in trouble and she would always get really mad at me for like, (laughs) so she, so the younger one was trying to reel the big stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. She would always say that. Like, I feel like I'm the big sister. (laughs) (laughs) So she was trying to reel you in Mm. and you guys, you both grew up very close then. And, and did you kind of see eye to eye with everything or were you very different besides like the getting into trouble? We're quite different. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's why it works so well. Almost like a, a relationship, right? Yeah, like I, I think that I was always like this daydreamer in La La Land and like I pretty much only thought about horses all the time. Yeah. Until, like until I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> until yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And like until my kids were born, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, and she is like way more practical and grounded. Like she's a scientist, you know, she's good at math. Like she's. And that was even like kind of happening as you guys were kids. Yeah. 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 We both love to do things outside together. Like we both love hiking and running and like, we like doing the same activities, but yes, like with different perspectives when we do those activities. Yeah. Yeah. I I can second that for my sister and I were very, very different, but yeah, there's definitely shared experiences, but different perspectives. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you grew up kind of hand in hand with sis and you were getting into a little trouble. Were were your parents like, did they kind of come and go? Did they leave? My parents, they didn't leave us. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't leave and go out of town. Okay. Mine did. Yeah. They, they, what it sounded like that. So yeah. Okay. My parents are party people. So they have like all their friends are like party people. Mm -hmm. So they, I will never forget my mom saying this once. Like she, she was only 25 years old when she had me. Right. Yeah. That's young. Yeah. It's young, but that was normal then. Sure. Yeah. But, she said she remembers her sister, her older sister had my cousin just like a few months before me. And she said to my mom, Oh, I just hope that I don't do anything to ruin his life. And my mom was like, I hope she doesn't do anything to ruin mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, my mom was like, well, I'm going to have kids, but they got to come along for the ride. Right. 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 Like I'm not just going to stop my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that there's definitely some honesty in that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and, and you know what? I think about other, all these women who do all this stuff, like, yeah, what are you supposed to do? Like, just stop living your life. And then you become like this miserable human being that does nothing but yell at your kids all day. Right. Right. You're cranky yeah. pants. Cause you're not, you're not <laughs> getting any bits of yourself out, out there. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, 
Yeah. So my mom. So were you kind um, of, well, like, did prof- they have a lot of parties happening? Your parents when you were growing up? Yeah, they were, they were partying. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so you yeah. kind of learned like that kind of fun side they were of partying. things. I, at, like, I watched all their friends party. We went to all their mm-hmm. friends' houses, you know, it was, yeah, it was, they've always had fun. They always went on vacations with their friends. I would say like once a year, they would go on vacation with their friends and um, leave me and my sister with my grandmother okay. or like my, my mom's sister. So they always were like, okay with, with leaving us. Mm-hmm. And I think that was good because we, we were okay with that too. It wasn't yeah. like we couldn't be like, we, had, we didn't have to be by their sides every single second all the time. Right, right. Um, and you know, so Gary and I try to do that too, you know, before COVID, even when Colton was like really, really little, like we've, we've tried to leave our kids at least once a year for a week Mm -hmm. so that they kind of adjust to that too. Cause like you're, you're saying like on their side of things to be used to mom and dad not being around. Right. Like they go to stay at their grandma's house and they sleep over there for a couple of days or they stay with my parents for a couple of days. And that gives Mm -hmm. us a break to be a couple, you know, without kids. And, and that gives the kids a chance to to have that time with their grandparents too, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really nice. So, so you, um, um, went to point throughout the rest of school and how was, how was high school for you? It was good. I, I liked running a lot. So I did track for a while. And then it was funny because like my parents, I, I always was really conflicted because I really liked horseback riding, but it's expensive. So I did horseback riding like usually like once a week or something like that. And when did you start that? Uh, the first pony ride I ever was four. And then basically I wrote letters to my parents in Santa, like every day after that, please (laughs) give me more horseback riding. (laughs) Um, But it wasn't until high school that my parents, they, they like gave me more time to ride. So um, I had done track the first few years in high school. And then I had this horse that I was riding and I really liked a lot. So they leased this horse for me. So I kind of like quit sports so that I could ride horses more. Okay. Yeah. Um, And you were competing then with the like horseback riding? I didn't compete a lot in high school. Um, Again, it's like a major time commitment and expensive. Mm -hmm. And I'm the only person in my family who's like interested in it at all. (laughs) So like they were like, cool, you like to ride horses, but like, yeah, they're not going to like totally give up their lives to take me to the barn every single day, you right. know? Right. Yeah. So, um, I did go later, like once I got my horse, then I started getting more into that. And that was after my first year of college. So, uh, yeah. So I originally went to college for horseback riding oh. and, and it was like a big mistake. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you Did know you what know, it was? like right away? Uh kind of. So like <laughs> it's kind of a long story, but like yeah, so I I took a lot of art classes in high school pretty much like cuz those like well pretty much because my high school boyfriend took art and he was like you should take art and then we could be in the same art class. 
So high school boyfriend is kind of when art came into the picture or had it already been? I always liked drawing and stuff like that, but I didn't get to take a lot of art in middle school because I had to take like a, like remedial math. Oh, oh yeah. So then I didn't get to take like those special. Yeah. Classes Mm -hmm. in, in middle school, which I always think to myself, like that is the dumbest thing, but whatever (laughs) (laughs) like you take away a child's like talented areas to push them into areas that they're weaker in right even though like as long as I know how to like tip the pizza guy like that's pretty much like the most advanced math I need (laughs) in life right right yeah so like all of those years that they didn't let me take art like I just sat there and cried about being bad at math right right messed hired, up uh, messed up i think that's so stupid like yes, here you, that's like, if you all see ass this, backwards it's so stupid yeah so instead of like fostering a talent they're like oh no no <laughs> you you don't get to spend any time in art you need you to spend all your time in, in this box <laughs> yeah and like the kids that i was in that class with were like super low functioning like like Right. Like doing, adding and subtracting. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, how how did I get myself in this Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then high school came um, about and you were, you started some art class. Right. So this like cute boy on the track team, I was at a track (laughs) party. It was the last party of the season and we were having so much fun and we were talking about like selecting the courses for the next year. And he's like, well, I'm taking art. You should sign up for art. We could be in the same class maybe. And then sure enough, we did get in the same class and that was my first art class. Yeah. And uh, I just loved it. And I had this really awesome teacher. Yeah. And now she lives down the street from me. Which oh, is get really out. Funny. Yeah. And her son goes to my school. Oh, how funny. So yeah, it's really funny. Um, but she was just... Like she was really young and just really personable and she got it. Like she knew how to deal with high school kids, like in a not disciplinary way. She was like, like respectful to me. Like we're on the same level. Yeah. I was just like, oh yes, this is exactly like the kind of person I need in my life, you Mm -hmm. know? Definitely. Yeah. That's like a big deal for like a young person, you know, having a teacher and I feel like uh, it was something that I, I was thinking about because later on to ask you about teaching, like, but as a teacher uh, um, in like a elective like that, where kids are so excited to be there. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people are excited to be there. And it's such an expressive form of, you know, what what they can be doing. They can be translating all kinds of emotions and stuff. It has to be a little bit more of an emotional experience, like the teacher relation. I, I would think. I That's how I felt in high school because I was into art too. And those were the only teachers I was like, really like, wow, this is exciting. But I liked art. So I guess it's different. Yeah. Uh, I definitely, I think that I know a lot more about my students than mm-hmm. a lot of the other teachers know about them. Yeah. They say a lot in front of me because we talk so much about like our thoughts and our feelings and like 
while they're just doing, like while they're in the process of making art, I talk to them about, you know, what they're doing, their sports, their boyfriends, their driver's license tests, you know. Right, like right. That and that's probably what you were doing at the time with her somewhat. Right. Yeah. And it was cool to have that like adult who I could say things to, but I knew I couldn't really get in that much trouble with. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I couldn't say to my mom, like, um, while I was at this party and, you know, so-and-so did this. I yeah. would never. Right. Because then my right. mom would like, you know, punish me or ground you the next party or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so she kind of inspired you a little bit then. Yeah. She was so good. Um, she even like, she put my art into a contest. Like, I don't even think that I had much to do with like getting into these contests and she would like put my art in this stuff and like I don't know she just was so encouraging and never um I don't know I just never felt like what's the opposite of confident like I was never worried or embarrassed about what I did insecure yeah yeah even though like what I did in that class like now when I look at it I'm like oh my god that's so embarrassing I was gonna ask you still have a lot of that stuff in your portfolio (laughs) I had a lot of it for a long time until I think it wasn't Hurricane Sandy, but it was like another big storm that we had. And um, the basement, like where all my portfolio stuff was, it flooded. Oh, So man. it all got like really moldy. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to throw it out, but there are a few gems. Okay. That, that we couldn't part with. Molds or no molds. Oh my gosh. Well, if you ever come over one day, like I will show you. I have this self-portrait that is so embarrassing (laughs) there are a few self-portraits yeah yeah that's a big thing in high school I feel like is the self self self-portrait yeah and so I would always give myself like this wild hair because I always thought my hair was kind of like my I don't know it was like like if I was a superhero, I would have to have big hair as a superhero because I have right. really crazy, like frizzy, nuts hair back then. Beautiful <laughs> waves for days. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know. So yeah. So I have all these like self portraits of me with like all this crazy hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so- and there's one of me riding a horse. Like. Yeah. Like very Lord of the Rings style. Ooh. Oh, we, that might have to be framed and put on your wall somewhere. I could picture that. I can't wait to see all this one day. Oh yeah. One day. <laughs> so, um, so you, then you were into both art and horseback riding and what, what made you go down the path of right. choosing a horse, horseback riding for school? I think that what I liked with horseback riding is that it was outside mm-hmm. and like the, just like the physical nature of it, because I have a lot of energy. So I think that it was good for me to like be working with my hands, getting that energy out. I like, I always loved gym. If I could have had like three gyms and mm-hmm. two arts in a school day, that would have been my <laughs> perfect school day. Yeah. I would have been a straight A student because in every other class, I would just like flail my legs around because I just like couldn't even deal with like the energy inside my body. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that the energy expenditure was like the right amount for me with horseback riding. And also 
the like introvertedness of horseback riding. Whereas like my successes in horseback riding are really just my own Mm -hmm. and nobody can really tell me what to do. They can teach me and guide me, but like with an art career, I was afraid that people were going to be like, okay, well you need to draw like 19 flamingos and like this is like I was going to be drawing somebody else's ideas I thought if I was going to like ever make money doing art right right um, so, so and, you have to be like in this place where someone else was navigating what you did yeah like I couldn't really like imagine myself in an art career and I definitely couldn't imagine myself like in a office or some kind of like indoor space right at the time right um but then I went to art school and like the whole thing like well, no, I went to horseback riding school. Like the whole thing was like a mess because I was there for probably only a few months when like the instructor was like, you are good at this, but you, nobody's really going to pay you any mind here because you don't have any money. Like right, all wow. the kids here, they're, they have so much money. And so you're going to compete and- against with that, did you kind of feel a little out of place? I mean, I feel like they're like specifically almost saying that in a way. Yeah. Well, did you okay, feel so it? I felt it when I got there. Well, first of all, coming into freshman year, I had a shaved head because I was, <laughs> you know, Love it. Yeah. expressing that part of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all that I, hair you drew. You uh-huh. had to hit the refresh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I chopped it off like the day before graduation. Yeah. Before graduating high school. And like, I don't know why, but like I did. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so when I got there to horseback riding school, like it was, it, it just, it was all okay. But yeah. It was all like just more structure. And I right. just like was done with like the structure. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and what were you going there like specifically for? Were you gonna like try? Do they teach you like to teach or lessons or what? What is entailed with that? Um, okay, so I was going for equine business management. Okay, so to care for like the barn and like all things organization of the barn and care of horses. Oh, um, so that's all fine and well. And that's a great route if that's what you want to do. But what I realized really quickly is that like, you don't need a piece of paper to make you a good barn manager. You don't need a degree Mm -hmm. in barn management. Mm -hmm. So why in the world are we spending $30,000 a year for me to pick up horse shit? Mm -hmm. Because I could go home (laughs) and pick up horse shit and get paid. Right, right. Right. And have like real like experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So, so teacher there, she, she said to me, she was like, you know, you, you're good at this, but since nobody's going to make like a big commission off of like selling horses to you or anything like that, they're just not going to be that interested in you. And if you really want to do this, you should just go home and find like a master Mm -hmm. and see if you can shadow them and and learn it that way yeah and so I came home yeah and I was like okay, where was yeah. that school that was called um Centenary College which is in uh we were there 
we were there um, together for a funeral right up there by the M&M factory. Oh. Hackettstown, New Jersey. Yes, yes. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So you lived there, like, though. There's not a lot to do there, so I feel like that was a little bit of trouble. So, yeah, I lived there, and, um, yeah, like, it just, besides, like, doing the horseback riding thing there, there wasn't much going on. Well, I didn't have a car, because I feel like if I had a car, I could have, I could have maybe gotten more into, like, hiking, and, like, if I had found some friends that liked to do those things, but I feel like I just, I don't know, I wasn't, like, at the right, in the right mindset, or I didn't know, I never had to find new friends before, you know, mm-hmm. like, it was just... Yeah, and and it coming from Point Pleasant, your whole life, you probably pretty much knew everyone, right? Like, oh yeah, all grade school through high school. That's even a big like experience. Yep, even my parents' friends had kids, so I mm-hmm. knew them. And my dad had the same teachers and the same principal as me. <laughs> right. So, so uh, you know, everyone knew each other. Oh yeah. Everybody knew who I was. And, and when I, like, I even got in trouble, the police came to my house and they didn't even tell my parents. <laughs> wow. That's how, you know, you know, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. like you. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was good. And I got cut, like I got caught cutting classes in, in high school and the principal will be like, I don't want to have to tell your dad about this. And I'd be yeah. like, well, please don't. And then yeah. they wouldn't. And then they wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Maybe, or is happen. your dad just that scary? Everyone's scared of him. What will he do? No. No, your dad's a no, sweetheart. Nothing. <laughs> he would do nothing. <laughs> so so right. you're out there. That's how probably long? why they didn't bother because they knew like there will be no consequence. Right, right. So, so you're out there in college. How... Um, like how long were you there in school before you were like, I, I gotta go. I can't stay here any longer. Um, I knew by like, I knew after the first semester that I wanted to be done, but my parents were like, just do the, finish the year, you know? So I finished the year. Yeah. And then, um, I came home and I got a job at a farm. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And I was working at the farm. I got my horse and then, um, I did that for a long time. I even lived at the farm. And then I, my parents were like, well, you're not really making like any money at the farm. Mm-hmm. So you have to go to college, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, I'll go. So I went to OCC and I just took like a ton of art classes at OCC because I just mm-hmm. didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so I just was like, okay, let me take like my history like everything that has to get out of the way the basic kind of classes mm-hmm. and then probably like a little while into that my parents were like you're gonna be an art teacher like <laughs> that's what you're gonna do yeah like yeah. they sat me down at the table pretty much they're mm-hmm. like sister's a teacher my aunts couple of my aunts are teachers they're like it's a good job you're gonna be good at it you gotta pick something here kid <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And were you kind of feeling that too? Like, were you like in that frustrated state? It's hard when you don't exactly know. I didn't quite experience that, but I've watched many, many, many people and clients and, 
you know, dealing with that conflict of what, where the hell is my life going? What am I going to do? Yeah, I definitely. So one thing that helped is that when I worked at the barn, I taught lessons and I realized when I was teaching the lessons, like that, I loved watching the students grow mm-hmm. and I loved seeing that what I gave to them, like brought them joy and also successes. And sometimes they would do so terribly and then the next week come back and do so well. And I just loved like those relationships that were formed through teaching. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to love teaching. Yeah. Um, and I knew that like the teaching, the horseback riding teaching, well, see, I was so scared about money because I really thought that I wasn't going to be able to make enough money doing it um, mm-hmm. because of insurance and like, you know, everything. It's just like all so much money. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody who did it full time. I never, I never really had any, like even my riding instructor, he had a full-time job and that was like his side gig. Mm -hmm. So I sort of didn't believe that it could be done. Yeah. So that's why I was like, okay, I'll get a job like at a school, Mm -hmm. like a real teaching job. Yeah. And my first year I hated it. I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this. I gained like 10 pounds, which was so upsetting to me because I was inside and like sitting, like I went from like chasing ponies around all day long to like being in this, like, I thought I was like in a trap. I was like, I just need to go outside and get some fresh air. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The walls are closing in. Please. (laughs) There's not enough light coming in. That's it. And then like, if you think of like, if I, when I think about my first year compared to like last year, last year, I was running alongside my students in their gym class during my prep Mm -hmm. to get my outdoor time in. (laughs) And then (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Like, so I've found like the, the way to happiness. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I have to figure out like how to just, you know, make it good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And build, build in those happy moments for yourself because there's only so much control we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just realized like, so the first year was hard, but then after that, like everything after that, like, oh my God, those kids just cracked me up, you know? (laughs) So once I realized like, and accepted like my classroom management is like pretty bad like but the kids don't even try to do anything to me anymore you know what I mean because they're like we're gonna go in Miss Hood's class we're not gonna get in any trouble but we don't want to cause any trouble either right right then we can just like have fun yeah you know so yeah what size classes do you deal with (laughs) well anywhere between it's so wild because right now because of COVID, some of my, sometimes I have one student in my class. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. in a normal school year, any, my class could be like anywhere between 12 and 25. Okay. And because yeah. everyone's at that point, you're in high school? Are you? Yeah, I have yeah, seniors high school. Seniors. So not everyone is picking art. But that must be like better because the people that are in class are more, are they more interested in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they can take other classes. So 
<clears throat> that's definitely um, a good thing. And like, so I just get these kids that are so good too, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's awesome because they want to sit down and spend that time getting good at art. I mean, some kids take the class just because then otherwise they have to take Spanish and they don't want to take another year of Spanish or whatever, <laughs> right. you know? Right. But then like to them, I say like, well, all right, like, well, let's figure out like how to make this fun. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to enjoy this? Cause we, mm -hmm. we're going to be together a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 So back to kind of what you were saying before about being an art teacher and kind of you get to see that expressive side of these kids. Is that hard this year? Mm, um, you know what? I'm not getting, so it's funny because I, I was just thinking about this today, but I feel like I'm not getting a lot out of them as far as like emotional feedback mm -hmm. um, in their work. Whereas in other years, I've seen some like pieces that you're just like, whoa, you know, this is like, there's a lot going on in this piece. I feel like I'm kind of getting a lower level of like emotional work because the kids just want to try to do the work. I think that they're not really thinking so much about anything except like this is my assignment what do i need to get an a on this assignment let me get this assignment done yeah just getting and, it done and and pushing through yep and a lot of them have told me that they're they're really feeling behind in a lot of their other classes mm -hmm. and so i'm trying to make my class like less stressful because i know like some of them are so far behind and like English or whatever, yeah. because they're not getting that time. That's yeah. really hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just keep telling myself like, well, next year or whatever, mm -hmm. like, you know, like th maybe this semester or next semester, like maybe this isn't going to be like the world's best output of art made by my students ever. But mm -hmm. I think that maybe like nurturing them emotionally through conversation, like maybe that's, what they need that's you what know? they need maybe, and then and me like pushing them to be more into their art like isn't really what they need right right, right. and then uh, to follow it they'll they'll end up doing some really cool stuff when this is maybe all said and done right then the the outpour of right. emotions yeah. will come <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah. so while you were teaching, you know, now you have such a successful um, business on your own doing art. When did that kind of transpire for you? When were you starting to double up working as a teacher and pushing your own art? So it's so cool because um, it was really my students at school who encouraged me to keep moving forward with my art because I would make them like an example, like, okay, here's this assignment. You guys are going to do this. And they'd be like, Miss Hood, like, that's not what normal people do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, I just paint it like this. What's your problem? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and then they would be like, Miss Hood, you gotta, like, you, you gotta keep going here. So that's like, how really cool is that? It was so cool. It was yeah. so cool because I never thought, like, I just really never thought about doing it. Um, I thought, like, that's it. I'm just going to come in and I'm going to teach and then I'll go home and I'll, you know, ride my horse and, and hang out with my husband. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, 
and then so so um I decided to go for my master's and I feel like when I decided to go for my master's degree and, and uh, I met all the other people in that field, a lot of them were art teachers who wanted to kind of just extend their art knowledge. Mm-hmm. I met people who were like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I'm an art teacher and I want to sell some stuff too, this and that. So being around people who were doing it really helped me. And then I, um, I came home and I was like, I had these ideas for these paintings and I just knew I had to paint these paintings and I painted a whole bunch and I was like, well, okay, now I've got all these paintings. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep all these paintings. Like they're just collecting dust in the attic. So I entered an art show, my first art show, which was in Monmouth County and it was a group show and I got in, which was exciting. And then everything yeah. sold there. And I was like, oh wow. my God, I just sold my paintings. Like so cool. And, it was so cool. I was like, my grandma must have bought these paintings, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it wasn't my grandma. Yeah, and it wasn't your grandma. <laughs> <Real people. laughs> um, and then that made me do like a painting spray. Like the yeah. confidence that that gave me was just like, okay, I'm going to paint more paintings now. Yeah. And so I, I, I came up with like a collection of like 10 paintings and I put together this like packet of like a bio and a resume and Mm -hmm. some work. And I just emailed it to everyone. Yeah. Like places that I thought would be interested in it because it was landscapes and it was like funky and weird. So I sent it to like a lot of like uh, community centers, um, places that had kids. And I got this awesome show in Plattsburgh, New York, and Mm -hmm. I got a huge, it was a huge space. So I made 40 paintings for that show. We booked a year out. Yeah. And then that show was like, this is serious. It's a big one. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. I knew like at that point, I was like, I know I can do this. And then of course, like after that, like we started to try to have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the so whole this art is all thing, pre-kids. This was all right yeah. before, yeah, before having kids. So that, that big show was in 2013. Okay. And then, um, so that did really well. And then I came back and point, I did a few shows after that all in New York. And then I came back and did a Point Pleasant show. And that was like all seascape type things. And mm-hmm. like everything sold. And That's I was like, holy, this is happening. I don't know yeah. how this is happening because like, yeah. my art is weird. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not for everyone. It's, sp- it's very specific. It, yeah. Very specific, match, original, it's, like, it's beautiful. It's in my house, but it doesn't match anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. It's like color rainbow craziness <laughs> nonsense. But... um. So yeah, so when that happened in Point Pleasant, that was just amazing. And then we were like, okay, ready to have kids. So then things slowed down a little bit. Um, But I was still making stuff and trying to put it out there. And then more recently, what happened was my horse. So all this time, I always had my horse. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's like my best friend ever. Mm -hmm. And then... um, I was leasing her out. So like kids would pay 
her board and everything and they were riding her. So it wasn't really costing any money. And then my horse suddenly lost her vision mm. because of the disease that she has. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, now nobody can ride my horse. So what are we going to do? The vet right. was like saying like, I could put my horse down. I was like, no, we can't just put my horse down. Like, that's not what we do. Right. And all these rescue places are like, well, we can't really take your horse because we only take horses that like are in danger of, you know, being abused or something. Like your horse is safe. I'm like, yeah, but it's like costing me a all this money. Right. So me and my husband were like, okay, well, if I'm going to keep the horse, then we have to pay for the horse, which means we've got to figure out how to market the art. Yeah. And we've got to figure out how to market the art while having kids. Right. <laughs> wow. Talk yeah. about juggling. Yeah. So now I'm like doing it pretty much all online. Right. Right. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to trying another show again soon. It's just with COVID and everything, like, right, it's kind of a good thing because it's giving me the time to figure out, like, exactly where it's all going to go and what I want to do and, like, mm -hmm. to imagine a show. Um, because I think that when things open back up, people are really going to want to go to shows. Yeah. 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 And see art, I feel like. That's it. Connect. I think they're going right. to really want to connect and... So yeah, it's, it's, it's cool because, um, after the holidays right now, I have like all these crazy ideas about doing more, like, just like more, more or less the same of what I was doing, but with more of like a, a deeper relationship from, with the painter and viewer. Okay. If that, cool. like, yeah, the experience for the viewer's experience, more of an experience. Yeah, and I have to applaud yeah. you. You, I mean, you are killing it online. Did you take yeah. any courses, like, as far as, like, social media and how to network all that? So I, a few years ago, I did read a book, and that was called um, Art Money Success by Maria Brophy. Mm -hmm. And her husband is an artist, and she does all of his marketing. And she really did not have any training in marketing they've been in this business for like years. And so she wrote this book about like what worked, what didn't work. Yeah. And so on and so on. Yeah. And so that book is helpful. But then something that really helped a lot was um, I listened to podcasts. I listened to like social, social network marketing podcasts, mm -hmm. specifically one called build your tribe. Okay. And it's like a mother and son mm -hmm. and they really focus on quick, like it's like 15 to 40 minute episodes. Mm -hmm. That's and, cool. Uh, and they, they focus. Yeah, it's cool. It's like very, it's very like doable, you know, right. right. Of these like things I listen to, I'm like, this is so over my head. Like yeah. I can't be dealing with SEO and yeah, yeah. 40 different apps to make one picture, you know, mm -hmm. let's keep it a little more basic. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I tried to just like kind of put my focus into Instagram and, um, it was, I guess it was maybe like this summer that I was like, okay, let me see, like if I can kind of make Instagram my main thing. And that's where I pretty much am getting most of my, uh, most of my traffic is coming from Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Are you getting a lot of people that, um, so are, definitely are like, 
asking for like different pieces, like for you to do them and commission you or are you just doing what you're, you're doing solely on your creative platform? Okay. So yeah, this is the problem with it right now. Um, right now it's pretty much been all custom work. Okay. So while I have like all these crazy ideas of stuff I want to do, I would say like pretty much for the past like seven or eight months, everything I've done has been like for as a commission. Right. Right. Which is great because you know, you're going to sell the painting. Like, yeah. Okay. I take a deposit. I'm going to make you the art and then you buy the art. Mm -hmm. And that's really good because I know like this is going to happen. Right. Right. And I even have like a pretty big waiting list right now, which is that's amazing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's stopping me from like making those pieces that I want to make. So I think what I'm going to do is, um, finish up what I have on my waiting list right now. And then like say, okay, well, I'm just going to take the months, February, March, and April. And those are just going to be for like my own for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. And then, yeah, I think I'm just gonna have to work it like that because I want people to see like that there's more potential than like me painting your dog there for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Definitely. So when somebody does contact you for that, are they basically just giving you like, this is, let's say the dog or, or that's my dog and you have creative freedom otherwise, or is it kind of, do they navigate like what? color scheme they want or anything like that your your style is so bold I would think that they'd want you to be creatively free to do what you want yeah so um I realized that they actually don't know what they want Mm -hmm. so um I said like if they're like okay I want you to do you know my dog and then have this background of a field and ducks and like the more specific they are with things like that then the less almost like the less interested I am in it because I'm yeah. like now you basically just made a coloring book page for me right you know so right. I tell them more so of my idea mm-hmm. so I'll say like send me some pictures and like what is like what are you about I want to know you and I want to know your dog and then I want to come up for the design for you Mm -hmm. and then so what I'll do is um try to like almost like mini interview them and then I'll draw them like three or four sketches and then they'll pick their favorite of the sketches okay and then once they pick the sketch yeah then once they pick the sketch that's when they'll send me a deposit and then I'll do it and most of the time I'll send like one update, like here's half of your painting okay. done. And, um, and then, yeah. And then I'll send them the finished product. Yeah. And I've only had, I have had one person who she like ghosted me when I sent her the finished product. <laughs> oh, and what do you mean by that? Did you, but I was like, she didn't like, like she sent you. me the deposit. Uh, I made her the art. No, she's no, I've never heard from her again. So oh I still have her painting. Oh, you still have it. I thought you meant you sent it. I'm like, what? I have it. <laughs> you have it. No, it's, I never sent it. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's hanging yeah. with but you. But I think that happens. Yeah. And I think that that happens too when people, I'm going to actually write like a little blog about this, I think, because I, I, 
I think it happens when people don't really research the artist that they chose that well. Right. Like you you wanted this portrait, but maybe you wanted this like super realistic portrait or whatever it was mm-hmm. you were going for. And you didn't realize like when you picked me that like you should have scrolled a little further down the feed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I feel like that happens all the time to uh, tattoo artists for sure. I mean, hairstylists as well, but like I think tattoo artists probably struggle a lot with that. Yeah. Well, I bet it happens to you with hair too all the time because I like I go to you and you'll be like, what are we doing here? And I always say to you, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> right, you, right. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. Definitely the confusion in a consultation. I think you're right. People don't always know what they want. Yeah. But but the the style of it, yeah, I guess it does definitely happen with uh, hairdressing, but I know for sure tattoo artists <laughs> definitely deal with that as as well as I'm sure artists being commissioned for work. It's hard. It's hard because yeah. they they have they might not have a vision in in their head, but they they do have the things that they do and don't like. It's just a matter of like pulling it out of them. I think I had a tattoo artist that I, I asked him to fix a, a design a few times, but yeah, yeah. It's on your body. <laughs> yeah. But you, you did that like ahead of time. They, they sketched it for you and you weren't, oh, yeah. you weren't feeling it. Yeah. You, you wanted a yeah. couple corrections. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard too. Yeah, you're so, an artist, so you like see, you know, a little differently than even like someone else going to get a tattoo. You like have something maybe specific in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, and then that's why, so I always went to Tom Yak because I just really liked his style and I didn't want to do that to him. Like, I didn't want to be like, I'm an artist and it has to look like this, this and this. Like, no, right. I like your art and I want it to look like your Like yours. Art. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Like I always, like, I like the art, like we've got Taylor's paintings here, right? Like, I don't want to change Taylor's paintings because I think that's Taylor's art. Like, that's cool. So like, that's what, when you're like looking for art, like it should be art that you are like, you're about it. Like, yeah, yeah this makes yeah. me happy. I like right, this. Right. Yeah. So as a, I have to ask as a mom juggling all of this, it's got to be a little tricky to balance it all working full time. Now, are you in school or are you zooming? And at home school, you're in school, Mm -hmm. you're going, you're working full time, you have all these art pieces that you're commissioned for and you know, that which have some sort of deadlines, I'm sure. And then you have two beautiful sons and a husband it's 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 a lot to juggle how do yeah. you do it all <laughs> uh well my house is messy i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> something um, but give. okay so i i love lists and i love my planner i've loved my planner since like i've had a planner in you know middle school whatever yeah. it is i yeah. if you ever saw my planner my friends at work like laugh at it because it's like full of stickers and glitter and like, yeah, it's like a ridiculous thing. Um, Is that to kind of like you have your stickers where you need to remember things and it's all organized with stickers and glitter? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And it's like full of like affirmations and uh-huh. <laughs> quotes and just like it it's visually interesting and I think that helps me to remember like how things are written down in it. Yeah. So um, you know, like, oh, I spent like ten minutes like making that like comment bubble around that thing that I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. The artist in you. You can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so right now with the holidays, because like the holidays have made me nuts and it's definitely been a learning experience. I wake up at 4 a.m. Oh my and God. And I paint from 4 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. Yeah. And then I get ready for work at like 4, not like 5.40. And then we're mm-hmm. out the door at 6.15. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, Melissa. Yeah, it's crazy. And then um, I try, so then I have my lunch break. So here's another thing I started doing a few years ago is I stopped socializing during my lunch break. Yeah. Um, Because even though I love my coworkers, I found that like spending that lunch break time with them became sort of I don't want to say negative, but like it became like a clicky, I think. Mm -hmm. And I found like that I was not accomplishing anything by being in like the click. Yeah. You know, like, yes, I was like strengthening my relationship with these people, but really like at the end of the day, like we're not hanging out. We're not like in a relationship outside of work. So I need to focus on like my work and I, And so I spend most of my lunch break, like taking care of what I have to take care of. And that might be exercising or doing artwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah. When you only have X amount of hours in a day, you know, you have to kind of put those things first. Yeah. It's just like maximizing them. And I find that like, yeah, just maximizing my time. My aunt, who I, I really think you need to get her on your podcast because she's super interesting. Yeah. But um, she she wrote a book and one of the parts in her book is talks about her priority pie chart. And she says like, okay, like here's my pie chart. These are the goals that I have right now. So like how much time am I going to put into each one of these goals? Mm -hmm. And like, I still need like this much of my pie is for my family and this much of my pie is for like my finances or like, you know, my real adult world things. That makes perfect sense. How much time did I spend like doing the things that I wanted to do and how much time did I spend like working towards those goals, you know? Right. Because you can't blame yourself. Like, if you sat around and watched like The Office for like eight episodes a day, then like you only have yourself to blame. Right, right. <laughs> it's so true. Done, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's easy to fall into so, those patterns. Yeah, it's really easy. Yeah, it really, really is. Like when this whole COVID thing started, I think I kind of got like a little depressed and. Cause I was like on this like crazy running kick, which I've been on for like a few years. I was running like almost every day, training for a half marathon. The like school and everything closed, so I had gotten up to like 14 miles for my long run, and I was so pumped. 
And then right when school closed, I was running. And in the middle of my run, I just started crying. <laughs> oh, like, this whole world has gone to chaos. <laughs> <laughs> the meltdown happened. Yeah, like, there was like a meltdown. And then so I was like, okay, I home school's closed I'm gonna take a a break from running I'm gonna take a breather because like I am tired and I need this breather and Mm then like after a week had gone by and like I haven't run in a whole two weeks went by like I haven't run in two like what have I been doing right right time and then I realized like it's so easy to slip into being unproductive yeah very, you know. very, very easy. And once you're in that like train of thought or habit, it's so hard to break. Yeah. And I found myself like creatively procrastinating. Like, mm-hmm. well, I I don't have time to run or paint today because I need to make bread. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't something you ordinarily do, but you you just <laughs> felt like you had to. Subconsciously yeah, like avoiding to- other things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, when you're when you're no. in that moment, what do you what do you think that pulls you out of that? To get out of that like procrastination. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Where's the motivation? That's when I have to go to that. I have two things. I say to myself, what would Aunt Sally do? Yeah. Or like <laughs> yeah. my Aunt Sally nuts. She's like the most crazy, productive, motivated person, you know? Yeah. And then, um, and she has three kids. Okay. And no husband. Three kids and her husband passed away. And like, I, she, to me, she's like superwoman. I don't understand, like how she, yeah. you know? Wow. And then, um, so I think about that and then I look at my planner, you know? Yeah. I look at that and I'm like, okay, what, what, because in the planner too, I, I set goals. So like, okay, what were the goals? What do I have to do? You know? Yeah. Because I don't want to fill it the end of the month. Like I didn't meet my goals. Cause that's to me, good. that just feels like that, yeah. that's a good, good, good way to be. I don't know. You know, too many people that stick to the plan. Yeah. I think it's good to have like a short term plan rather than like, like wait until January 1st and be like, okay, 2021 I'm gonna do this this and this this and then like you do none of those things because they're too big or because it's just too much so I think instead just be like okay from January 1st to January 15th I'm gonna walk every day right right you could totally do something for two weeks yes yes That that's yeah. that's a good way to think. So, I'm gonna have to uh, regroup and 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 st- that'll be my resolution. Yeah, think short term. Yeah, short term yeah. goals, but for the bigger picture. Right, right. So, did Aunt Sally? Is she the one who wrote a book? Yeah. Yep. She wrote a book. So she has. She's just such a um, motivational person because she has. Um, multiple myeloma. She was diagnosed years and years ago. Mm. Most people who have multiple myeloma, they, I think they told her that like she had, like most people live for like five years after that. And now 
that was probably like 15 years ago or something. Wow. I forget the, I, I forget the math, but the years, but it's, she's beyond those years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and she was diagnosed right before her husband passed away from cancer, oh a different type God. of cancer. And her kids were still in high school. She had three kids in high school. And um, she was so like mad at the whole situation, but she just was like, well, how am I got to keep going? I have mm-hmm. these kids like, and I have to support this family. Yeah. And so what do I need to do here? And she, um, yeah, so she, she's very athletic. She really started running. She'd started doing these stair running events and she's like, internationally ranked as a stair runner oh wow and she just yeah she just sort of like found her niche like I am going to be like the most amazing in my niche and yeah I'm just gonna like kick ass and not let this cancer take me down yeah yeah and so her book is all about like facing adversity and and kind of spitting in the face of adversity that's amazing. What an inspiration. And goal setting. And yeah, it wow. is. Yeah. So it's funny because so the book just came out. I just downloaded it. Um, I haven't read it yet because I'm in the middle of a Stephen King book and it's like really scary and I got to finish it. <laughs> just get through it. Yeah. I just got to get through it. I can't like, I can't like not read the last, like I'll probably maybe finish it tomorrow or something, you know, yeah, and then yeah. I can read and then you'll, book. Yep, but I feel like on. I know a lot of Aunt Sally's book. Yeah. That's so exciting but, for but her. With her, like I've, yes. Yeah. She, um, she's always got some kind of like fun, new, awesome thing going on. Um, so yeah, she did a podcast a few years ago before the book came out and I was like thinking, yeah. She just does it. She just keeps going and going. So I never like think about taking time to like feel bad for what's going on in my life. If anything's ever bothering me, like I never let myself feel bad about it for more than like an hour because I'm like, well, this, that's not going to do anything for me. You right, know, like, right. you can have your pity party and get pissed off and like, you know, stomp your feet and then, and then keep marching. Cause that's yeah. all right, <laughs> that's what right. we got to do. That's what we have to do. That That is this life, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah, I was thinking about you today. <laughs> I was thinking about you today because on a mom note, uh-huh. I have, uh, I drop my kids off so early in the morning, right? And usually I have everything packed. I pack lunch, all that stuff the night before. But, but my husband had eaten the Lunchables. oh gary got hungry and he ate the lunchables (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like well now i'm gonna have to stop at 7-eleven in the morning on the way right yeah so that's like the best thing for the kids like they know that we're stopping somewhere like we live by a dunkin donuts and a 7-eleven so they're like all right what do you guys want so my son four-year-old son said he wanted a buttered roll yeah i was like okay Colton wants a muffin. Oakley wants a buttered roll. So we get to daycare and Oakley's like having a meltdown about the buttered roll because it's not round. Like he (laughs) thought that it could be spherical. (laughs) And see, like, I always question myself too, because I'm like, is this normal? Like, is this like a normal child's 
meltdown. Issue. Yeah. Or yeah. Is this like my son's issue. You right. Know, right. With all right. of his issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was like, now he's like, like, I can't even close the door to the daycare because he's like almost crying because the roll isn't round. So yeah. I took the roll from him and I rolled it. <laughs> I rolled it down the hallway in the daycare. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you, you rolled it down the carpet. I did. Yeah. And the daycare teacher like just couldn't even believe what just happened. And then I just <laughs> closed the door and I left. Oh my God. <laughs> so did he stay having the meltdown? He ate it. He did. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was in plastic. I didn't like. It I wasn't bare bread. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. It wasn't bare bread. It's okay. It was in plastic. I was thinking about like the funny stuff that we do as adults, like Mm -hmm. to make our kids happy. Like what is something like that we do, like probably almost on a daily basis that is so ridiculous. Right. You know, just about everything. Everything I I do is ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I was driving to work thinking about it this morning. I was like, I can't wait to tell Laura about me rolling the bread. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just got to. <laughs> you just have to. <laughs> because, and, and you know what? It's kind of like, okay, well, this has to end sometime. Right. So, so mom had to make the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She had to make the call. So what's next for you? You're going to try and finish out some pieces and then maybe get your creative flow going, do some things that are for you. Yeah. So I've got, um, I've got two ideas, but one I'm sort of thinking I'm worried is stifling. I had this idea and I kind of announced it on my Instagram in an IGTV episode. I said that I want to try to paint 100 paintings in 100 days. Yes. I saw that. (sighs) (laughs) and I think so now I'm having second thoughts because I'm I like the idea but I also don't want to like limit the quality of those paintings because I'm trying to make so many paintings Mm -hmm. yeah so now I'm having second thoughts and now I'm wondering if I should just say I'm gonna paint for 100 days without stopping right but not necessarily like in separate pieces because the idea that I have for the next pieces are kind of like um, adding on to the landscape pieces that I was doing because mm-hmm. I had started doing these works that um, I was really liking and I only did like two of them where I was like um, painting but adding like collage and I would really like to add like more layers so that mm-hmm. there's like almost like more like textural depth yeah pieces and then I'd like to maybe resin them so that they are flat but you can see that there's like a dimension Mm -hmm. happening nice yeah it's hard I guess to explain but the purpose of that is that I want to appeal to like more of like the layers of the human condition right Mm -hmm. so my work's been like really flat and everything's got an outline and everything's like I think very straightforward like 
here is this like bright, crazy, colorful painting that I wanted to scoop you in and I want you to spend some time on it, but I kind of want to make something that is going to ask the viewer to like dwell on a little mm -hmm. bit more. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But not necessarily something that's going to like make them cry. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never right. wanted to try to like emotionally appeal to people in like any way that makes them feel like overly deep. I, yeah. My goal is to mostly make people feel happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which joyful. is, it's very clear in your artwork. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I experimented with all those other feelings when I was younger and that was good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I find that there's like enough to dwell on out there that's on the darker side, right? Right, right. So, so I'm sure that's like refreshing for you too, to be painting those pieces. Yeah, yeah. Like those colors make me happy and and I feel like they they make, they comfort me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So even if you are feeling kind of in a weird place, is painting something like that, like uplifting or do you find like sometimes it hard to paint with such beautiful bold wild kind of schemes when you're feeling that way um yeah so i'll have like two or three paintings going at a time and then like maybe one that is a little bit like of a quieter feel or something mm -hmm. like and then so when i'm having those feelings where i just don't feel like i'm like super enthusiastic about painting, I know that I still need to just keep painting. So what yeah. I'll do is I'll work on like the easier spaces. Like mm -hmm. I'll just do like a big giant blue sky or something like that. Right. So right. then I'm like going through the motions of painting, but it's not like heavy thinking. Mm -hmm. So that I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm in the process. And then a lot of times just like that gets me out of that mood. And yeah. then I'll be like, okay, so I start with like the start with the easy parts and then I get in more depth and then I'm like, Oh, look at that. Like I just painted like a, a waterfall. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even in the mood for that. Right. Know, and it I just started. came out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm curious too, like, I feel like, you know, you've grown the Instagram so much. Is that kind of, you know, I, my fellow kind of art world people, I feel like now it's it's what you do so it's hard you you can't avoid that if you want some sort you want to be seen a little bit you have to put yourself out there is that ever exhausting to you or does that part come pretty easy at this point um so yeah so i do think that i've tried to be like more thoughtful in my posts on instagram mm -hmm. And so um, what I've been doing is that when I get like something like an idea that I want to talk about, I'll just put it in my notes in my phone. And then um, I try to post like I try to be like really genuine with my posts and not like overly plan them like, mm -hmm. I, all right, I know like most of my viewers are on during their lunch break. So I try to post like around 11 or 12 o'clock because mm -hmm. I see like if you have a business account, you can see like when your viewers are on. So right, I right. just know like, okay, like now it's my lunch break. Now they're probably on. So this is when I want to post mm -hmm. and I'll find like an artwork that I want to post or something that I'm working on. But I try to just not just post a picture. Like I try to have like some thoughtful, like little mm -hmm. like blurb or message along yeah. with that. 
So you're um, connecting with them too. Yeah. Like so that they see that there's like a person behind all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to post a lot of work. Like I post a lot of work that's not for sale because I don't want to seem salesy. Right. You right. know, like I want to share. I just want to share. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So I don't really post on the weekends because that takes time away from my kids. So mm-hmm. since I'm doing it on my lunch break, like it does, that doesn't seem hard for me. Right. Right. Yeah. But engaging sometimes does. So what I've done, I've decided is that I'll spend like two 15 minute sessions engaging. Mm-hmm. So like right around, right when I get out of school. So like at two o'clock, I'll spend like 15 minutes and then maybe like before bed, I'll spend 15 minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, at first I was like trying to reply to people's comments, like as they came. And then I realized right. like, that's ridiculous. It's so hard. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. stay on it like that. Yeah. But some, uh, some people can manage that. I just, yeah, it's, it's yeah, hard. I, then, but I wonder what they're sacrificing to manage it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Something's got to give. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for now, I've thought about a lot of like different things to, to try with the Instagram, but I'm like, you know what, for now, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. And you're doing a great, great job. I feel like it's Thanks. showing. Thanks. You're, you're, yeah. Do you, uh, you must miss the, um, the gallery, the show. But it's kind of exciting to think about like what the possibility is when all this goddamn shit <laughs> is over, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what the kind of cool thing is too about Instagram is that I'm connecting with more people who are like real people because the people who go into a gallery are a different kind of people. Different so, breed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that they have more money. They have more art background, more interest in art, but they are not necessarily the people that want to buy my art because it's not as sophisticated as them. Right. 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 But on Instagram, I can kind of show up the way that I am because there's so many people out there that they find me and they like me and I can just be who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not like creating something for like when I'm creating something for a gallery, sometimes I'm like, but like those layered pieces that I'd like to do in the future, they'll Mm -hmm. look way better in a gallery than they're going to look on Instagram. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, you'll see that depth and, and dimension a little bit better. Right. Than in these like flat Mm -hmm. photos. So it's, it's all going to be kind of, kind of different, but what's cool about Instagram is that like, since I've found that I can appeal to all these people, like I can do fun things like with these giveaways and like I started making the stickers because I get all these messages like, well, I really like your art, but I can't afford it. So I was like, okay, well I'll do the stickers because everybody can get like a $4 sticker. Right. You know? right. Yeah. <laughs> I love the stickers. They are so cool. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So I just like, since it's so accessible, the app is free. Like I wanted to kind of make my art more accessible. Yeah. 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 Perfect. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of fun. That's yeah. good. That's what it should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'm so excited for you and everything you're juggling. You're doing it beautifully, <laughs> my friend. I miss you guys. I can't oh wait my gosh. to see humans again. You know, it, it'll be it'll be a good time. <laughs> I know it. 
I know I was thinking that the last time we saw you was probably not long like around Christmas time last year. Yeah, I well, I think we spent did we spend New Year's? Yes, I, we You came to my house for New Year's. That was the last time we hung out. Yep. New Year's. Yep, I remember Jesse was that that big guy was holding my little Roxanne at the time. That's right. She was she, was, she fell asleep on him, I remember. Yeah. We haven't so, really crazy seen- crazy year it's been. And I think we're all over it. Yeah. But yeah. it has given some extra time to be creative and kind of, it sounds to me like, Melissa, you have it squared away. You have time and scheduling and all those fine details kind of navigated. And it's not easy for an artist, I don't think. An artist's mind is not always able to be productive in that manner. So I, I, uh, applaud you for that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I think, I think that I keep telling my girlfriend this because she's starting her art business and I tell her like, well, making art is good, but it's really like 50, 50. Like if you're going to sell it, it's going to be 50% making it and 50% marketing it. Mm -hmm. And so like, really, like, of course I'd rather just make art all day. (laughs) <laughs> right, then I'm just going right. to have art all over my house. Yes, yes. And not sell it. So there was just definitely like a very clear decision to say like, this is what has to be done. Yeah. And you I know. think that it's good for you and it's good for everyone else. Everyone's excited about it. So yeah. Cheers Thanks. to you. Thanks. I want to hear about your art. Oh, please. In the next episode. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I'm having fun with it. I am yeah. having fun with it. Who knows what, what will happen with it, but you know, I'll have to get some, some tips and tricks from you. Maybe one of these days, you know, <laughs> I'm brand yeah. new. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm enjoying it. And in this bleak time, you know, besides my family, it's, it's helping me out. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited it. about it. Yeah. That's it. Like it's, that's a, it's a great point to be at. Like starting out is a great point to be at because you have like the making phase, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really enjoying like doing the denim. Yeah. I just like using my hands in that way. And it's like a little bit of both. I'm enjoying it, you know, and when you're creative, you just have to do it. So although you have your, your teaching career that is creative and you get a different something out of being connected with the kids and all of that, you doing this on the side is, is so wonderful. And I'm excited that your students drove you to really see that. I've, I've had other clients in my chair that are art teachers that I feel like you kind of saw that in them that they always, they wanted to do it, but it's hard. It's hard to make a living sometimes just being an artist on its own. And, you know, they kind of fell into teaching, but always that side of them always wanted to be out there doing it. So it's, it's wonderful that you're doing it. Yeah. Thanks. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to see what's next. I'm I'm excited to see what happens in like February, March, you know? Yeah. That, all that yeah. kind of freedom, a, a minute to yourself to do what you want to do. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. 
who knows, maybe <laughs> who knows what will happen when we get there, but yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be good. And it's just it. You just gotta, just gotta keep going. Keep just going. Gotta keep keep going. going. Yeah. Don't, don't break. <laughs> No. There's no time to break ever. <laughs> so yeah. um, before we go, before I let you go to bed, because you wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Oh, not tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll sleep till five. Oh, oh the, <laughs> the whopping one more hour. Um, I'm going to play a little word association game with you. All right, let's um, do it. We're, we're going to fast forward through your feelings and uh, I'll say a word and and uh, or a feeling and you you tell me the first thing that comes to mind um inspiration nature trust Mm. horse (laughs) that's a good one yeah time i thought that would be a good one for you because i just i i can i i sense your ability to handle time, maybe, maybe even have a struggle with it, but you, I, I could see that you manage it. And now I certainly know you can. So I, I added that one for you. Time. That's cool. Um, hmm, make believe. <laughs> I love that. Anxiety. Make believe. Um, no, um, anxiety controlled Mm -hmm. animals Mm. that's so good I didn't want to say horse because it was kind of too easy oh my god well I just love animals (laughs) love (laughs) love yeah like when I'm with animals like I don't know. I'm one of those people, like, I just like animals so much because they don't make me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) No, the, the word before it, no anxiety with animals. Yeah. Pure pure love. Yeah. That's it. Good. Honesty. Mm. Mm. Nature. I'll go with again. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Landscape, mm, color, temperature, doubt, fear, doubt, fear, yeah, beauty, mm, spirit, socks. <laughs> I like to have a random in there, you know. I've been struggling with socks lately. I heard in the episode, (laughs) and I was thinking about you because I had the funniest talk with one of my girlfriends, like, like maybe like after I got married, because I was like, now that I'm married, I'm like really not sexy anymore. I even sleep with my (laughs) socks on. (laughs) So you do? You sleep with them on? Oh, yeah, but they, I take them off in the middle of the night. Yeah, okay. Most of the time. So you because have a I, little battle there, too. Yeah, because I like <laughs> being warm when I go to bed. I love yeah. that, like, warm, cozy feeling. But yes. then when I wake up, like, I just can't have them on my feet either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it 
it's so funny. But I am wearing like right now I'm wearing those like really fuzzy, silly winter socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody has to have a pair of those. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's so funny. Socks. Because I thought right of that episode as soon as you said that <laughs> when you were talking about the socks. <laughs> and um thinking about like at 20 years old I would never sleep with socks on yeah yeah (laughs) you'd be in your booty shorts with your (laughs) yeah yeah. with maybe a shirt on (laughs) times have changed yeah (laughs) family Mm, everything everything Yeah. The family has to come first, no matter how good all this other stuff can be, you know, Mm -hmm. like all this stuff, it's not really real. Like with time, like it's not, it's all, it's all kind of like just experiences really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the family that has to come first. And if the art or the horse or whatever has to go to the side for the family, then that goes to the side for the family. Yeah. It sure does. And it's, it's, it's perspective. And I think that happens for everyone, like pretty instantaneously. Right. I mean, not for everyone, but you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. For most parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Proud. Hmm. I'm going to say Oakley, my little Oakley. He's just like, he's just come, uh, he's come so far, like the past year, mm-hmm. he's gone like leaps and bounds. So when I see him, like I pick him up from school now and it's to see him smiling when I pick him up from school now is just so great compared to where mm-hmm. we were like almost a year ago, maybe a little more than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So every day, like he's telling me like sight words that he learns in school. Oh, <laughs> you're just awesome. yeah it's awesome you know like colton's cool too but colton is like he's like a rock i think you know yeah colton oakley's like very sensitive Mm -hmm. and i think colton's gonna be like more of my rock yeah yeah it'll be a good pair those two yeah yeah (laughs) you need a sensitive and a rock i feel like yep yeah yeah I can already tell Roxanne's going to be the rock, which is fitting for her name. Yeah. Yeah. Call her rocks. So. Aw. Well, you should certainly be proud of yourself as well. I like to end on that note because it's true. I mean, life is full of a bundle of stuff and, and you know, you're, you're doing it all. You're crushing it, Melissa. <laughs> Thanks. So thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. I'm sorry we had some bad connection moments, oh, but I know. But you're but you're a teacher who's who has to deal with Zoom now, so <laughs> you're used to it. <laughs> oh, forget it. I have I've had days where I totally even just forget to sign on. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> then you go to your planner and you see the glitter sign on. <laughs> I know. Like, well, I didn't write that down because that was obvious. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, that just happens. It happens. Well, Hopefully, I don't know. You. Can you edit it? Is that the plan? Yeah. yeah, I'll probably edit some of it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was a little, little rocky tonight. I don't know. It might be both of our connections. So, um, I don't know, but 
It was wonderful talking with you. I'm so excited for you. Tell everyone where they can find you before we go. Sure. Um, well, I'll send you, I guess, to the Instagram. That's the best mm-hmm. place. And that's Melissa Hood Art. But I'm Melissa Hood Art on like every platform. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's me. So go <laughs> and follow. You will yeah. not be disappointed. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So cheers to you. Happy holidays. And I will, I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Bless. All right. Bye, Melissa. Bye. Have a good one. You too.